Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bomb Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It's Monday, February 1st, the beginning of a perfect month. It's starting on a Monday and it's 28 days. What better day to actually start something new? Uh, in this episode, we'll cover the underwhelming transfer day deadline. The big teams mostly holding serve, except Spurs. Liverpool being back. But first, what do we think of the sister-kissing nil-nil, Manchester United at Arsenal? Anything from this game? Mike, the less we nope. discuss about Spurs, the better. Nothing. Yeah, I seriously. Uh, no, <laughs> anything, is there anything we can take away from this week? Or are we settling into Man City versus Liverpool narrative? No, we're not. The last we're, three years. We're not. United definitely has something to say about it. I mean, you know why? They're, they're going into big games saying, we're not going to lose, but also you're not going to win. Now, yeah, Arsenal but they're also not, going into those games saying we're not going to win either. <laughs> right. But you know what? They're at the top of the they're right near the top of the table right now, be, not because they lost to Sheffield fucking United, but because they didn't let City beat them. They didn't let Liverpool beat them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they have the ability to turn the game just totally off like somebody should or says he could. Um but no, I think I think United's absolutely got something to say about it. And I think for everybody talking about how Liverpool's back again, with the narrative, just put they were my, never gone, really. Just they were gone. They were gone. Okay. You know why? They were in the infirmary and they were full of like full of injuries and all that stuff. They still are. But you know what? They just got clinical again. Yeah. They could that could go away. That can happen, right? Yeah. Look at Sun. Like he's like, hey, I'm the world beater. Uh, do you so so the world, the sport, the the, the soccer world goes into crazy panic. Uh uh, a transfer window deadline dealing in England. They try and make this into a thing because it was a thing once, but now it's not a thing. So no, I mean I, it's I'm, true. I'm gonna take, I want to take a well. minute because I don't know. It's sort. I don't know that all fans know what this is. So transfer deadline in soccer, one you don't make trades. You buy people's contracts first and impo- first and most important. They don't talk about things in terms of people's salaries. Like we just found out this year, this week that Messi was making. A potential contract of five of six hundred million dollars over four years, which is insane. <laughs> um, good but, living. You know, yeah, it's a good living. But we don't know how much it would cost. We don't know what the trade value would be. Uh, and they there are transfer windows. There's one in the summer and one in the winter. They're usually two months long, and you cannot move players any other time except in these windows. So they make a thing out of the transfer window closing, and in usually in midseason there had been things going around and it used to be a little bit more different when there was to be frank less professionalism i think what's happening in european soccer that they they sort of lament modern football what they lament is stupid idiot old guys being like i'm a football man calling their friends taking bribes to get guys and moving players around so they always roll out harry uh harry redknapp as like the famous transfer dealer who, you know, was basically a nincompoop, Uh, (laughs) but he's funny and, you know, he's a football man. Uh, But we had a couple things happen that are interesting for the league. One, Liverpool lost Matt Tip for the season this, yes, today. He's out with an ankle ankle injury. So that means that of Liverpool's top four center backs at the beginning of last season, they have none, right? Who was four? Lovren. Matt Tip, Van Dyke, Gomez, <laughs> all gone. Count. He, he was there and he's not there now, and they didn't uh, replace him. Right? 
I think okay. that was two years ago, but nonetheless, the, 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 again, like I touched on, they are battered at the back. They're battered they, everywhere, but specifically so they, at the back. They bought two center backs who nobody knows anything about these guys. They basically bought one guy for half a million dollars and another guy for $1.5 million. One guy has the same name as your right back. I uh, wish it was, is, I wish it was Ben Davies from, Tottenham. I hate Ben Davies, by the way. Uh, it's Ben Davies from, you know, a lower league team. And then they bought a German center back from the worst team in Germany, Schalke, uh, and a loan for $1.5 million. His name is like Kobach or Kojak or whatever. So, uh, But he had been highly rated. Like before he went to Schalke, he was considering going to like a Bayern Munich. He was an up-and-coming player. Okay. But then he's kind of fallen on hard times, which is exactly who you buy, right? That's right. Well, when you have $4 million to work with, right, which, by the way, speaks to the financial situation. It's a big deal. Every yeah. team in the league currently is in Spurs are actually the most comfortable team because they never would fucking buy anybody. But uh, that's the big headline for mm-hmm. the entire league for the January transfer window. Uh, who was Wolves striker that they bought? They bought some guy two weeks ago. Oh, William, William Jose or something like that. He was no, because Spurs were looking at him in the summer and all that. So he was a name that I recognized Everton bringing in Josh King. Sure. Um, yeah, but they sent out Jack Tosin, so that is actually a guy who's going to play. Yeah, and 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 Arsenal basically clearing money off of their books, a lot a of it, a lot right? of money. <laughs> so, but the, the the headline for the transfer window is a big fart noise, yeah. and the reason why is pretty obvious if you look around. There's no fans allowed at the grocery store, much less the stadium, yeah. for the year now. Well, I think the other thing is, and I think people don't realize this, like American sports are very and have been historically very pretty much well run i think the nba was probably and maybe the nhl was probably the last leagues that were teams were losing money really right or they didn't have a good uh collective bargaining contract that that made revenue make sense right in the nhl in the nba players get 49 percent of game uh associated revenue from the teams in the nhl i don't know what it is but it can't be more than 50 percent, right no it's certainly not it's right? it's the nba does the best because the nba the nba pa runs the league right right um uh, but yeah no the nhl is like 44 or something. well i mean and and mlb basically has an idiot for their union head and tony clark has been like we want more days off okay <laughs> yeah. and he basically has ruined that union and the and the nfl basically has never had a union they basically just That's, get yeah. taken to the cleaners so, constantly. The, well, but, the, but the reason I want to bring this up is yeah. in in soccer, it is not unusual for teams' salaries to make up 65 70% of revenue for teams. That is not unusual. Yeah. So you can imagine how crazy it is. There is collective revenue from the, the revenue the league as a whole brings in, but it is distributed based it. on merit, yeah. not on – Oh, we need to keep the Pittsburgh Pirates solvent. Well, it is we it is weird. It, so the, no, it's correct. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, they, but the, there are certain there are certain parts of it that are that are by merit, which is the local domestic revenue was on merit. So the first place team got more than the other teams, but it's still a lot of money. The one that's interesting was the international revenue was distributed equally, and that's changing. Yes, because the international revenue is actually what's growing the most. But anyway, Premier League teams make a lot of money. They do really, really well. There's only 20 of them. It makes a difference. Anyway, I think so, I think that was one of the other reasons why I was thinking about why is this un, just 
boring, awful, stupid back and forth tennis game narrative thing so important. And I think part of it is there's only two thirds of the teams that you have in all the American sports leagues. So they fixate, they can't, there's less actual physical things to talk about. Yeah. But it should also mean that there's more good teams. Not necessarily. If you, you know, I mean, by that, by that math, technically, I suppose, but um, when you think about it, you're talking about 32 NFL teams, but in Europe, I think to be fair, to be fair, England has 92 professional teams. It's, I'm not looking at England. I'm looking okay. at Europe, right? You've got right. – I'm looking at England, France, Spain, the, the, and Germany. The five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but Italy. Even though, yeah. And Italy, yeah, right. Germany. It's 100 teams. So I don't know that there should be more talent or better teams in the Premier League. I actually think – There's a hell of opposite. a lot more people playing soccer than NFL football. Actually. Yeah, I understand. But my point is okay. that it, it's like as far as – uh, who the hell is going to expand now? Uh, the NHL, where they're going to Seattle, and, and everybody talks about when any team in the in the American oh, dilution. sports landscape, yeah, the, the dilution of the quality, which is a myth, I think. But I actually could hear the argument for it in European football because I mean, fuck, you've got five levels, and realistically, probably how many teams at the top half of the second division, like the championship in England, right? Like Jack Realish was sitting in the championship for a while, so you, you know, so, I would say in England. From about, well, it's getting better now, but from about 10 down, the difference between the teams in the bottom 10 and the top six in the championship, they're close. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that. I I would go 15-ish or so, but yeah, splitting hairs at that point, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I I mean, but Brighton would would win the championship. Easy. Actually, it's really hard to get out of the championship. No, but let me let let me just sort of talk about some of the things interesting. So Arsenal cleared out players, so there's no Joe Willock. He goes to Newcastle. Maitland Niles goes to West Brom. I don't know what that means for them. They finally get rid of Mustafi. I think one of the things that was giving uh, Arteta a hard time, probably behind the scenes, was there were just tons of dudes on Arsenal, and they cleared. I think if you look at the list, something like 15, 10 guys have left the team. They yeah. got rid of Socrates, all the dead weight, all the all the players they've been trying to, to mess around with uh, for weeks. You, we talked about Josh King. And then there's a, a handful of players of names to bring up. So Calcedo goes to Brighton. He's a holding midfielder who looks like Danny Welbeck. The interesting thing about Calcedo is a lot of teams wanted him. Good teams like United and City and, and Aston Villa. and like. But he chose Brighton. And this I want to bring this up because... Because Graham Potter is a good coach, they play attractive football and they play the kids. So there is there's part of this the organizational structure thing that happens. Like okay. if you're a young player, where would you go? Go to Brighton. You'll make the money. They'll get you yeah. back, right? So yeah. and he's basically going to be the replacement for Basimo. They'll probably move Basuma for sixty million dollars and have Caicedo in for four and a half and put that money in their pocket and just keep moving. Uh, Lingard yep. going to West Ham. He's not young. Let's all remember that. He's probably 27 years old, but you know, West, he, he was with Moyes. I don't know who he'd replace at West Ham right now, but he's a grafter. He gives them death depth. Uh, Mateta is a German striker who had 10 goals and 17 going to palace palace have no striker. So yeah. this is good news. And then a young defensive midfielder box to box, box to box guy, Sanson going to Villa, who is a replacement for McGinn, who I could see 
Villa selling. He's not good looking enough. And this guy Sanson is good looking. He messes up their their bad boy team because McGinn's face is weird. He looks like sloth. He's missing an ear. He's a mess. <laughs> so to get their Spice Boy back, they need Sanson to really um to really kick on. Now, Mike, do you know when the next set of games are? Fucking tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> they're back. So our Monday Thursday thing has become a mad, a mad, a mad dash. But uh, I'm keeping the format. We'll go through the teams. I've got the top ten listed, and then we'll cover off the um, the relegation fight. These top ten teams, it's pretty balanced. So we'll end up catching everyone. We'll talk about who they play and what they just did. We start with City. City have had an easy run basically. They lost Kevin De Bruyne, but then they didn't have to play anybody. So lucky them. But Burnley is there. They just lost coming off Burnley coming off a terrible performance against Spurs and City had just beat Sheffield. So those That's are Burnley. tough it games. Spurs. It was uh was it Chelsea? Chelsea, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so Bur- City get to play the scrappy pain in the ass teams that when you beat 5-0 it doesn't matter, but when you lose the narrative flips to oh look at them. Look how hard they play. But you know, no one talks about the time that they got beat 5 times in a row. Yeah. Um that's my but point. Right now, narrative is with City. They're up four, game in hand, not a problem. They're cruising until something flips. So Burnley could be a flip game. City are playing with confidence. I'm confident. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm confident until I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to have 80% of the fucking ball, right? So, but, I mean, but that's every game. Yes, but, it, but it, you know. I, I, I got to think even without De Bruyne, you're going to break Burnley down. You guys are flying right now. And the, yeah. the most Especially important against thing is these types of teams, right? The most important thing is you're no longer, or you're not as susceptible to a counter on the break. Right. So, um, haven't been since, since Spurs oh, probably since, yeah, since October. Yeah. So I, I mean, I feel pretty confident about city, even yeah. though you're going to Burnley on a Tuesday night, that fucking sucks, but I think they get the result. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, Burnley. Uh, I I I love them. I I love what they represent. But there's 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 only there's one too many claret and blue, and they're the odd man out. <laughs> but they'll yeah. be up. Um, United had a, a a bad draw versus Arsenal. It's a good draw for them, and then they play Southampton. I could see them losing to Southampton, no problem. Like I keep saying these things. United are not good. I don't know how to put it any other way. I know they're second in the league. It drives me fucking bananas but that this team bad. is up. I know. The thing is, if Ole loses this game, the knives will be out all over again. It'll be Ole out. The narrative will be the same thing back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. United are the narrative team because they have nothing to hang their hat on. They only have the results. And everybody knows that they play for these moments. If Fernandez doesn't do something... If Rashford doesn't do something, if Marshall doesn't do something, there's nothing to say they had a good performance. Well, I think that it's that they've got the talented players where you just reel them off. Of course they do. Of course they do. So, but the, but but the, point, the point is, is that Ollie's a shitty coach. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're just kind of still playing as individuals and and waiting for somebody to do something. Basically, it's Pogba, Bruno, or Rashford, right? If Martial's around, but he needs, he needs an abundance yeah. of service. So, yeah. I yeah. But here's the thing. They've been doing shit. So they have, get, listen, it. it can be done. I mean, I cannot deny the fact that Bruno Fernandez in the young year, exactly 365 days he's been in a premier league is like 26 and 17. I mean, some, some absurd 
goofy number. Now, 30% of that is penalties, which is just like, I can't let United in their penalties. But again, this is the narrative team right now. Then we've got Liverpool have Brighton next. My guy! <laughs> uh, now, Liverpool could completely annihilate them. <laughs> it's distinctly possible they could be too open and just get beat. But Liverpool played a tough game versus West Ham. I think this was a narrative flipper, but we did see it building and the goals they scored. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were great. That second goal. I don't know if you watched it off the corner to Trent Alexander Arnold. Yep. 40 yard crossfield ball to, Sh- to Shakiri. one time hit another 25 yard crossfield ball into the box. Salah, one touch with his right to kill it. Left foot, bang. Incredible. Like yeah, a, like a hair fucking tickling, pinball like, machine. Like, ha. This, this, I, I don't think that is, I don't think there's another team that can do that goal. There are, there are six teams that can do that. The problem is when Liverpool does it, you hear about it for three months. Okay. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I really yeah. don't. You know what? I fucking watched a team earlier in this season that fucking did that. Harry Kane would go to the sidelines, not even look at where he was going. He would do like the hockey thing. Look at the glass and see the guy coming. He would just blindside 40 yards onto Sonny's foot. And it's in the back of the net. Are you, are no. you making, you're making this about Spurs? <laughs> no, I'm making it not about Liverpool, right? Like they're, no, yeah, this they're, one they're was really different. Good. This one was special. Come yeah, on. They're, they're it was good. all in the air. You had the hugging clop. You had the Milner thing. This, the first goal was a ping pong ping. And then the third goal was also, these were, this was a Liverpooly performance that got Liverpool feeling Liverpooly. Uh, so narrative says oh, they're okay. back. Transfer policy says they are going to try and do this. They got two bodies as reinforcements. I yeah. guess they're just going to roll the dice, see if between, um, between Fabinho and Henderson, they have one Van Dyke. Uh, and then see if these other clowns can do anything. They'll probably just rotate until they find a guy that makes it work. Yeah. And they'll use Henderson to do the long crossfield balls out of the back. Uh, Lester got beat by Leeds. Um, this was a was, this was the only game that I paid attention to this week and went, oh, it was that, should, that wasn't supposed it was to good. happen. It was good. <laughs> Bamford was back. I make fun of Bamford, but he was good in this game. Uh, he's the most middle-class footballer there is. Uh, his hair doesn't look right. He needs a man bun. Uh, otherwise, he shouldn't be playing for Leeds. But again, I think I mentioned it in the in the buildup. No Ndidi, no Vardy, no party. Yeah, Leeds, no, I agree. Leicester just they're not they're not deep enough to lose guys. Well, and the good Ndidi news and Vardy are too good. The good news for Leicester is the top four is set. Like we're not going to have a conversation about like like later in the season. Like who's going to fit? No. West Ham are currently fifth. Tottenham can't even spell sixth. Chelsea's in, in complete disarray. Everton we'll get to in a fucking minute. I, but and, the, of those teams, Chelsea is the one that I'd be worried about. Okay, sure. Because they're supposed to, on talent, on paper, have the most talent. Yeah, they have sure. the best coach out of those teams, and they have the yep. best players out of those teams. Yeah, I agree, but they're they're still six points back. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. Listen, Leicester is going to put up a couple more stinkers like this over the course of the season. The question is, are they going to put up two more than Chelsea? I don't know. I think that's a, a, a huge question mark. So it is, um, it is, but Chelsea were not good in the first game. Do we, do we want to talk about Spurs or can I just yes. talk about Brighton? No, no, I do. Cause here's the problem. Everybody <laughs> loves to sit here and go, Oh my God. Remember when they were top of the league, which feels like 10 years ago. Okay. It was, you know what happened? No. They exiled 
players who have been mainstays for the last three years. Toby Alderweireld. I don't know whose wife he fucked, but he's gone. He's gone, right? In a big game, you're going to Eric Dyer, Joe Rodon, who actually, by the way, looks really good for his age. Yeah. And and Tanganga's gone. Davidson Sanchez sucks. Gone. No, he's fucking. Oh playing. no, who's the one he just got? Oh, Aurier got out. Aurier, by the way, we didn't even cover this, bitched out and left the team at halftime because the goal that Liverpool scored right at the halftime whistle, which was the most predictable fucking thing ever, (laughs) he yelled at somebody. Uh, Mourinho took him off, and he goes, fuck you, I'm going home. So he didn't even put him in the side in this game. (laughs) It's just – but, but okay, so you're at the top of the league. You have a couple of shaky results, but you're you're still right there, right? You, you exile for whatever reason, not totally exile, but if there's a big game, you don't prioritize Toby Alderweireld, Musa Sissoko, who I can't fucking believe I'm saying this. You needed him basically to babysit Aurier, which is why he looks so good for the first half of the season. And you're at, and you go three at the back. You bring in Ben Davies, who's fucking brutal. Terrible. I just... And he was at fault for the goals. Everybody's I mean, like, oh. The guy. He... Why the the problem is like why are we acting surprised like what what the fuck well, so so the thing that that surprises me the the question I have is like the unit that worked was whatever four at the back it didn't even matter but Sissoko and, and Hoiberg yep. being like basically gluing it together yep where is that pair nobody has any goddamn idea. Nobody has any what idea. what is he not doing that anymore for? And is is our is what's your what's your where's your Argentinian? Did he die? Is he hurt? Oh, he's he's Eric Lamella too. He's just gone. Shit. Yeah, he's hurt again. He's he was hurt. He is hurt. He's gonna be hurt more. Like he's he's just he's irrelevant. And you know what the funny thing is is that Bruno Fernandez wanted to come to Spurs and uh, Levy wouldn't pay for him. So we got we got we got Lasalle. You got Los, cut rate Los Celso. Cut, yeah. cut rate Fernandez. We got Los Celso. The, the anatomy of the deal was it was a $15 million loan with an option to buy in January for, let's say, like $35 million. So the total was still cheaper than what uh, Real Betis wanted. But the reason they did this is because Real Betis had a – our PSG had a, a sell-on clause with Real Betis for Giovanni Los Celso. So Levy goes, oh, I'll cheapen the fuck out of that. How about I just give you 15 million for a loan? Then their 25% is only 35 million, not 50 million. That's the mark. Like, that's just shisty as shit. And I mean, at the time, I was like, that's hilarious. That's a great, that's like technically great business. But you were pulling that shit with sporting, and they were like, just give us the fucking money, you piece of garbage. Like, knock it off. I see the stadium. You have it. Why don't you give me some of it? So, and, and, and you get Lo Celso and not Fernandez, and then you fire Pochettino. You get this idiot selling you magic beans. You come in. The only thing Mourinho has accomplished in his now year plus in the job is he's gotten Levy to open his wallet, which is something Pochettino was never able to do. He, he, he was <laughs> well, able to has, bring has, in four or five players. Gravitas. He has the gravitas to do it. Sure. But, like, back your guy. But basically, so, he's, he's Daesh. He's just he's the, he's every second of the Bond villain. I've always thought he was, and I knew it. And we had some fun in the in the beginning. And <laughs> if and he wins he three, like, if he wins three in a row, you'll be over it. I'm telling you. No, I'm not. that's awesome. I'm not. I'm not because then what the <laughs> fuck are we gonna be? Oh great, we're gonna be in the top four race, which is going to give everybody a, enough 
enough of a pretense to pretend that this isn't the problem. But again, I've so said do you this. want do you so so speaking of speaking of this, do you want Potter as your manager then? No, I want Pugetino back. <laughs> No, no, I, I just, want, I'm, it's, it's Potter for Spurs. What are you talking about? He's no, next. I don't. Next. Listen, you're not going. To, I don't care if Marino loses every game for the rest of the season. He's not going to go anywhere. He's just not. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, no way that Daniel Levy can, in good, like good conscience, actually spend money and then not let him see a full year out. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So, so you've guys got to have Chelsea up next. We're expecting yeah. the same shithousery play. Yep. And if, if, if they can block it out, then. They'll get a nil-nil because they can't score yeah, unless, no, Kane. unless someone makes a mistake. Which is so, another thing, by the way. Uh, you you bought, or I think technically loan, loan to buy, hello, um, Vinicius, Carlos Vin- Vinicius, sir, however Vinicius. the fuck say. He was good. Uh, yeah, you know what? He did play him, dude. You don't <laughs> even have a striker right now. But you do this 3-4-3 bullshit. Bale, the, the, the skeleton of, of Gareth Bale is, is like kind of trotting around like helplessly and it's not even his fault there was nothing for him to do we didn't have the fucking ball we were getting dominated by brighton so dominated yeah because grand potter's a better coach than jose Mourinho. yeah but it almost feels it almost feels like it's sabotage at this point like like you're benching guys who got you the top you're you have one injury granted it's a very big one but like knock it off fucking play listen soccer's weird in that it's a it's a good weird you lose a guy, you should not fall off this badly, right? Spurs have every year for the last four. I know that's uh, that's bad on Spurs, is what I'm saying, right? I think it's I think it's two things. I think it's bad on Spurs, but it also speaks to how how many things Harry Kane does that you don't see. Well, on no, no, but also how much better he is than everyone on the team. Well, obviously right? that it's too. a talent problem, right? Spurs really aren't that good. Is the problem. But listen, it's a talent problem, but he's your biggest facilitator. He just became Christian Eriksen this year because he was like, last season, he was Why hurt. can't he ask? You think Bale can't do that? He that, should be able to. I have no he do, fucking he does clue. It, he does it for Wales. I have no idea. Watching him toil away on the on the right wing, I'm like, why is he even here? We're spending so much money on him. Why? What is the fucking point? We, by the way, we skipped over West Ham. I feel sad for them. But they're playing Villa. Uh, and it's a claret and blue battle. We That's still, a good game. We still need we still need Burnley to go away because they're messing up the claret and blue scene. Uh, Chelsea, who dominated Burnley, they literally gave up one shot on target. No, sorry, yeah. not one shot on target. One shot, period. Yeah. That's dominant. Our old friends are back. Alonso with an incredible goal. Aspilicueta scored a goal. So it seems the old guard of Chelsea are still there. They're still battling on. There's all these young guys that that Frank Lampard brought in. So we'll see what Tuchel has to do. I think he's just going to go with the guys that are good and can get it done. Um, he did play Mason Mount. Mason Mount was back. Uh, although the less I see of Jorginho, the better. Conte still hurt, but well, we'll let's see. understand. The, he's he's had now two games, right? Uh, and they were the in... first game was just passy. They did not. Yeah, but they were within four days. So and and it's not like he walks into a clean sleep where everybody's perfectly healthy, right? These guys have been playing every three days for the last month and a half. So he's trying to manage the squad as best he can and try to get his his feet on the ground. So yeah, it's a big test coming up. Um, I expect them to get three points because I uh, frankly I. I I'm rooting for Spurs. To, like I'm rooting for the Rangers to tank too, by the way, but I want Spurs to not finish in Champions League. I don't want us to pretend or have any delusion that this was a successful season. I want everybody to call it what it is. And then I want to go into next year waiting for Mourinho to get fired. That's what I'm looking forward to. 
So I think Chelsea's going to win this game. You don't, you they, don't, you don't want the, you don't want the uh, league cup. No, I don't fucking want it. You know why? Because deluded moron English bad teeth having motherfuckers are going to pretend that that was better than the Champions League run, and it's not. And you know what? Neither you know what? Shit Bring it. Here, here's here's your job. Get your bots. Potter for Spurs. Make it happen. Um, Everton. What the fuck, Everton? We're all trying to get to yeah. there to be a goddamn relegation battle, and they Which lose to fucking Spurs. Newcastle. Yeah. What are you doing? Anyway, so Newcastle actually were really good in this game. There's some narrative that they got a new coach that maybe he did something. I don't buy that. Uh, but Callum Wilson, again, we know it sounds weird. You know, as a person who 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 stands for uh, for Brighton, I just think like if Callum Wilson was playing for Brighton, they'd be eighth. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's he's he's, he's, he's a gets... real Premier League striker. Yeah. Exactly. And I think about, you know, you think about Southampton when they don't have Ings, you're just like, oh, look how good they are. Why can't they score? Or, you know, when I get frustrated with leads, I'm like, Patrick Bamford, you middle-class cunt. Uh, can you please just put some in? But you do, goals are everything. And, you know, when you don't have your goal guy, it's weird. There's not, most teams can't be like City, right? Where there's like 14 guys scoring one goal each. Um, so uh, speaking of Everton being poor, I mean, Calvert-Lewin, basically hasn't scored in 10 games. And so they've slowed down considerably. It's been weird. They have Leeds up next. I would be afraid for Everton because Leeds are fucking, they're like the ultimate dice rolling team. They have nine wins, two draws and nine losses and anything can happen. When you play Leeds, <laughs> shit gets weird and a man bun might end up in your toilet bowl because I don't know why that's funny. Uh, Villa, Villa up next. They basically got their asses kicked by Southampton. VAR fucked them. Uh, they got a gift game that because uh, VAR two goals disallowed by VAR for Southampton. One was like the closest offsides in history. It was armpit, dick hair, and a penis, and that was offside. So you know they were outshot twenty to eight. They're lucky. Villa are lucky to be in the league, so they should never say anything about VAR. Um, but, you know, they have to try and then they don't have an easier game. They've got to play the Hammers next at Villa Park. More Claret and Blue when we talk about West Ham. I don't know what will happen with them, but I love Villa. I mean, Villa are the team to watch. They're fun. I mean, if we had told people to watch them last week, they would have got a shitty game. But in general, watch Villa. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I agree. And then, um, then lastly, we have Arsenal. You know, Arteta has them moving in the right direction. They got a draw versus United when they didn't have Saka. They didn't have Tierney. They didn't have Oba. Uh, you know, so they can feel good about having a draw. They played good in the second half. They hit the post. Lacazette's yeah, been I mean, look, for them. It's They're a rivalry game, and United is the, you know, the second in the table. It's a combination. Like, they're getting some results, right? They and have they not have lost a, in five. They have a way to play. When they're bad, it's slow. When they're good, it's fast. I think right? – I think the thing too is that the kids are buying what Arteta is selling. Whereas, yeah. and they you, played for the best. They're sh- you're right. They're showed the door if they don't. And I think that that exodus, right? Like Joe Willock, Maitland Niles, they're Fuck not you. Yeah. Goodbye. See you. Yeah. So, or I they think want that, them to play. I mean, I don't know. You want to keep players. Well, want to sure. keep value. 
But then Guendouzi, get the fuck out of here. If you, you can't get into this Arsenal team right now, I don't You're think. You're not good, yeah. Right? So I don't think there's a future for you in, in North London there. Yeah, but, I think the thing with Nate, with Maitland-Niles was he didn't want to play left back. Sure. He wanted to but, play in the middle, and good for you. You're not playing in the middle of Arsenal. Shut the fuck up. Which isn't <laughs> a big deal right now. I mean, but yeah. So I think that, the like I said, the main point is that, that uh, Arteta is finally getting a team to gel a little bit. And I think they're a little dangerous. I think hey, listen, can... like you like you've been saying all season, three games in a row. This this three this three games a week, or at least two games a week every week, in a month, if you win, you're top of the table. They could be you top know, four. They're not, they're not gonna be there, but yeah, I mean they they're gonna fin- they could challenge for a Europa League spot. They certainly could. Yeah. I mean they're not they're not better than Leicester, they're not better than the top four, but they're as good as Spurs, especially at Spurs without question. The way they're playing. Without question. They're better than Everton. I don't think they're better than Villa. Villa are better, weirdly. Yeah, I agree with that. But and they don't have the mentality. They Villa are Villa. They're not Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? There's weird mentality shit that goes on. No, I know. Like, and we the hard think part we is, should be better. Yeah. For, for the first time all season, we just listed off the top ten teams. Southampton was not in it. That kind of sucks. They're um, <laughs> that's what I mean. They're eleventh. Uh, yeah. You know, and they're, I still, just, they're still playing as well as they've always played. Just yeah, getting yeah. Breaks. They're just not getting the breaks, not getting the bounces and results. So. Yeah, there's. Do you want to talk about the the uh, relegation fight? Is there one? Uh, I do. I do, and only because there isn't one. Yeah, like, it's literally been sawed off. Brighton is the team in seventeenth. That's the team you've got to catch. Yeah, Fulham seven is points. Seven points behind them. Seven West points and six them. goals. So realistically, nine, eight points. Right, nine goals behind them. Sheffield is cut adrift entirely. The thing that's weird is like. All the teams are – there's really – there are no shit teams in this league. I mean, the only real deep setting – like, the only team that I think of that's shit is Newcastle. Burnley have an identity. Brighton have an identity. Uh, I mean, West Brom's pretty shit. If, and, if Newcastle don't get that win, they're sitting on 19 points. And we're sitting here talking, Fulham can catch them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's Fulham, crazy. West Brom was a draw – and you really thought if one of them had won that game, it would have made a difference. But the draws are what's killing Fulham. Fulham yeah. just have draw after draw after draw. They're on eight draws. And the only thing that's keeping Brighton down there is they have nine draws, right? Mm-hmm. They should really probably have three more wins. They're only on a minus six. Minus six is, you know, minus six is really a 10th, 11th place team. So the only thing I can think of, again, is was was – was uh, Newcastle getting dragged in. But, I mean, these wins make a huge difference. Like, the, all the teams in the bottom three only have two wins. It's right. really tough when you don't get wins. I mean, I know mm-hmm. it sounds stupid, but those threes are so much. Like, I'd rather lose games. Like, I don't understand this draw shit. Just go oh, we've talked about win it. the fucking games. Yeah. Like, who cares if you lose? The, lose, the losses don't mean shit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's really what we've got. We're going to have more coming up there's games the narrative will shift again unfortunately we're getting a little bit of a calcification at the bottom <laughs> you're getting say a little, from me <laughs> uh, no no and from you you're, you're you're deep in a sport hole um you know we've got good games coming up i mean we got to keep an eye on spurs versus chelsea i'm going to be watching brighton versus liverpool i'm going to hope that brighton just one of these days, they're going to click and just the goals are going to go in. They're going to kick someone's ass. Yeah. <laughs> or not. And they'll just get smoked. Uh, they have like giant center backs and then a bunch of slow. 
They basically have giant center bikes and then a bunch of Gilfie Sigurdsons. That's their team. <laughs> <laughs> Who you could use back, back in Spurs days. I know, I know. To speak of Gilfs. And then uh, that's that's really it. I just hope my team doesn't lose, and I hope um, that Aston Villa get more handsome. That's really where I'm at. Yeah. Mike, any any final thoughts on the week that is or was or going to be? Delielli is still in North London, and I'm really happy about that. And maybe Mourinho will get his head out of his ass and put him in the lineup because it's almost like we could use somebody who's uh, just dominant against Chelsea. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> All right. That. that is the Squeaky Bum Time podcast. We broadcast on Mondays and Thursdays during the Premier League season. We will be reviewing this week's fixtures, this, this Monday, this Tuesday, Wednesday fixture, and then going into the weekend. So it never stops. It never ends. Mike, 